0: We are here to frighten and disturb. Listen at your own discretion. You must be either mad or insane to seek out this God-forsaken place. But since you're here, I guess I can show you the nest. I'm waiting for you where you least expect me, and this is the Nest of Horrors. Today's tale comes from the pen of Reddit user KJ Angel, entitled Teresa, and it's brought to life by the voice of one Bryn Curry. In my family, we don't talk about my old babysitter, Teresa. So I'll write about her here. When I was four years old, I was the sole witness to my babysitter's kidnapping. Truthfully, I don't remember much about Teresa herself. I don't even really remember what her voice sounded like. What I can tell you is that she had curly brown hair, freckles, and brown eyes. I think she was 15, maybe 16, she always remembered that my favorite bedtime story was Horton Hears a Who by Dr. Seuss and that I liked the crust cut off of my sandwiches. Okay, maybe I'm remembering more than I originally gave myself credit for. But that's not what you're here for, is it? Let's get down to the night in question. It was early fall and Teresa arrived right around dinnertime. She was wearing overalls and her hair was in a ponytail. My parents reminded her of the house rules, then left for the evening engagement just before sundown. After they left, Teresa made me a ham and cheese sandwich with chips and a Coca-Cola to drink. We can stay up for a little bit after dinner, Teresa told me while I ate. What do you want to do? I bounced in my seat. I want to watch Chicken Run. My mom rented it for us tonight. It looks so funny. Have you seen it? She gave me a sweet smile. No, but I'd love to watch it with you. We did watch it, but I don't remember anything about the movie Chicken Run. No specific scenes or lines of dialogue or anything. I just know it makes me think of that night because I watched it right before my babysitter was kidnapped. Teresa was going through my bedtime storybooks, which we kept in a basket by my bed. I was eager to hear her read Horton Hears a Who for the upteenth time. However, she would not be reading it that night. Now, I can't tell you if it was a peculiar noise or simply a bad gut feeling, but I can tell you something must have convinced me to look out of my bedroom window, which faced our backyard. Looking out, I saw two figures dressed in all black and plain white masks. They were crouching by the downstairs living room, peering inside. Thanks to Teresa, this was the only time I actually saw the perpetrators. I gasped sharply. Even at four, I knew something wasn't right about this. Those people weren't supposed to be there. Teresa noticed my distress right away, too. What's wrong? she asked, ceasing her rifling through the storybook basket. I said nothing and pointed at the window. When Teresa looked out, her expression changed in an instant. It was the first time I'd seen someone significantly older than me so petrified. She put her hands over her mouth and stumbled back from the window. I remember Teresa picking me up from the bed. Tears were already running down her face, but she whispered bravely to me, I'm going to hide you and get help. Don't be afraid. As she carried me to my hiding spot, Teresa held me closely while I balled my little fist tightly around her overall straps. The sound of glass smashing stopped both of us in our tracks, I buried my face in Teresa's chest and squeezed my eyes shut. In that moment, her erratic heartbeat drowned out everything else. I have nightmares sometimes where I'm walking through our old house with Teresa's fearful heartbeat in my ears. And I'm searching frantically for her, even though I know it's futile. Sometimes the people in the white mask show up. They are not always in these dreams, when they are, they are always peering at me through a window. Eventually, Teresa plucked me away from her body to hide me, but I resisted and tried to latch onto her like a barnacle. In a quick, near-violent manner, she shoved me into my parents' laundry basket. She pointed her finger at me and whispered harshly, Do not come out here. No matter what happens or what you hear, you do not come out of this basket. Do you understand? I nodded quickly, but Teresa was already throwing clothes on top of me and arranging them to hide me completely. When she was done, I was packed like a sardine. It was cramped and hard to breathe, but I knew better than to do anything but lay perfectly still. For a long time, it was silent. In the basket, I concentrated on the sound of my own breathing for the first time, trying to make sure it was as quiet as possible. I thought real-life boogeymen had come to take me away. Well, in hindsight, I guess they did take away someone, after all. It's hard for me to piece together what happened after that, partially because it was so long ago and partially because I was hidden away only getting to listen in. I heard heavy but meticulous footsteps and the sounds of doors opening and closing. Then I heard Teresa scream. I have never heard someone scream the way Teresa did that night, before or since. This was an animalistic, guttural noise from deep within. I now know it's a cry that can only come from someone who is truly terrified for their life. Although I covered my ears, I still heard the sounds of people violently knocking over furniture and decor in the next room. Sometimes... I feel guilty about not coming out of hiding to help Teresa, despite my age. We are all so tragically vulnerable when we are children. Our safety behested the intent and actions of the adults around us. What would you have done? Multiple therapists have asked me. I don't know. Something, anything, anything other than sitting in the laundry basket crying as quietly as I could... The struggle went on for a long time. I couldn't tell you if it lasted five minutes or an hour or longer than that. Until I fell asleep in that basket, I plugged my ears and had my eyes squeezed shut. If the perpetrators took any time to look for me, I don't know. But thanks to Teresa, they didn't find me. When I woke up, a police officer was pulling me out of our laundry basket He handed me over to my dad, who held me so tightly, I thought he may never let go. I remember burying my face into his chest, which was heaving from sobs. With me still in his arms, he fell to his knees. Although I have seen my dad cry gently at funerals, I've never heard him sob since that night. Red and blue police lights illuminated the living room from our window. Adults surrounded me. Police asked me questions for what seemed like an eternity. Even afterward, they were still at our house for a long time, taking pictures and gathering clues. My parents moved out as quickly as they could. For one, they obviously no longer felt safe in our home. That night forever shook their feelings of security. Even worse, Teresa's parents kept coming over to vent their grief. They had a right to grieve, certainly. Eventually, though, my parents had to put a stop to these visits. Teresa's mom tried several times to get me alone and question me about what happened. She would put her hands on my shoulder and tell me in a hushed whisper, Come now, think harder. I know you remember more than that. One day, she got so frustrated after not getting anywhere with this, she started shaking me hard. I screamed for my mom, and that put a stop to that. Teresa became another kid you see on the bottom corner of the grocery store coupon booklet and a fleeting face in the cycle of prime-time news. I've tried to find her case. I really have. But I don't remember her last name, and my parents refuse to tell me. They don't want me digging up an old trauma, as they've put it. I guess I can understand that. Sometimes, though, I wonder if I would think about it less if I knew the outcome of Teresa's fate. However unlikely it may be, Teresa, I hope you are safe, wherever you are. Consider reviewing us on iTunes and Stitcher, and following us on social media at Nest of Orders.